Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, this is episode three. I'm I'm titling this Team Golf versus Ladies Major because that's the week we have going on right now. Um, let's start off just real quick. What are you more excited for, watching the Team Golf or the first Women's Major of the year? I don't want to sound like an asshole, but Team Golf? Yeah, um... I mean, personally, with how the field is, like, it would be really cool, like I, uh, we mentioned off the podcast, about Colin and Max playing together would be really cool to watch and stuff like that. But with how weak the field is compared to, like, last week, I mm-hmm. think the yeah. m- the first major of the ladies' season is going to be more interesting on that front. But the... I'm a big fan of uh, when the format switches up. Yes. Like when uh, the match play goes on or obviously the Ryder Cups and the President's Cups and all that stuff. So I like thinking a little bit like a different, even though the field is kind of ass, I like just seeing the different style of like, and like the, because it changes strategy a little bit. It's not the same thing you watch every Sunday, you know. Yeah. Um, with the, it's, it's also different than every single week for the ladies major too this year. Cause it's 54 holes this year. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's new ti- Our new title sponsor came on last year. It's at a new course. Um, so it's a little bit different than years past. So it's kind of fresh, I guess. Um, yeah. but so we're, we're going to talk about both the Zurich and the Chevron Championship. We're going to recap the RBC Heritage. And then, obviously, we have to go through our picks and kind of make up some new rules as we go along here because... We had we had an eventful week. We had an eventful week for picks, even though, again, I picked someone that didn't make the cut. Um, I mean, you, you also picked someone who didn't make the cut, but... I'll let, people, I'll let people make the cut. No, uh, Joel Damon didn't make the cut. He didn't make the cut? The cut was I minus two. He made the cut. Dang it. Yeah, he, he missed the cut at he minus finished. one. Say, at least he finished under. Yes. And then we're going to go through some unpopular opinions. There's probably like seven, eight. There's a number of them. And it, it probably just going to be a little bit of a shorter episode tonight because we both got to work in the morning, so... <laughs> Yeah, it's nine forty-seven right now, which just doesn't sound late. But when you got to be up at five in the morning, yeah. Um. So, our picks for last week. I had uh, Patrick Cantley, Jordan Spieth, and Joel Donovan because his name popped out at me, and for a second I was like, "This must be the universe." The universe must have just been on my side that day when he was. One shot back after uh, when at the end of the first round, I was like, "This is nuts!" And then he collapsed. But that's besides the point. Yes, I had Akshay Batia, Matt, Matthew Fitzpatrick, and Shane Lowry. Um, Akshay missed the cut at plus four. Joel Damon missed the cut at minus one. <laughs> Shane Lowry made the cut but finished plus one. Patrick Hanfley. With an ace, uh, was okay. at minus sixteen, and Jordan Spieth was at minus seventeen, and Matthew Fitzpatrick with the W also at minus seventeen. Dog, 
certified dog Matthew Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Even he, though he beat my boy Jordan Spieth, that you can't. I can't. I couldn't even be upset after that approach shot in the third playoff hole. He almost just hold it in the yeah. middle of fairway. I I couldn't. I wasn't even mad that Spieth lost because I was like, you just can't. You can't. You can't be as a golf fan. You can't be mad seeing a shot like that. No, that's like kicking territory. Like you could walk up and accidentally kick it in the yeah. hole. You could have blown on that and it would have gone in. Yeah. Um. So, firstly, rules. Okay. We haven't. We haven't decided anything on what happens if you pick someone that wins. We haven't decided on anything if there's someone in a playoff because technically they shot the same as the winner. So mm-hmm. in this case, I have the winner, but they shot the same as in second. So there's. Mm-hmm. No... I'd say they get a playoff. Just they, they get another stroke taken off. Another stroke taken off for a playoff. What about for a yeah. win? For a win, I don't know. Like, what do you think? I I don't know. Uh, do you, you okay? So. Before we decide these points, giving out the points for winners and stuff, the for the season total through two weeks, you're at minus thirty nine, and I'm at minus nine. Oh my god! So if like if we choose I'm, a winner, if we add like another five strokes, or, I was gonna say if you choose a winner, you, you should get a couple more strokes taken off. So like, what are we saying? Like five for the winner. I'd say five for the winner, yeah. Okay. Five for the winner, and then there, there should also be something if the player that you picked goes into a playoff, because he almost won. I, I guess, no, he didn't almost won. Almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Yes. It, but, so then we do, instead of instead of doing the minus, uh, like, like an extra stroke under for the win, just minus five for the winner. Yeah. So then that, that so it would be an extra minus five to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what happens if we have someone that gets a hole in one? Is are we just? I, I think we just celebrate it. I don't know if it has anything to do with how like you get a hole in one and miss the cut. Like, it doesn't have anything to do with how well you played. May, maybe it's something along the lines like you get first pick this week. Oh, I'll take that. I, I, I say if you get a player that gets a hole in one first pick. Yeah, makes sense. You you ought, or. Should I even get pick first pick anyways? Because I have I have the honors. You technically do too. Yeah, that would be. So maybe you'll get like, I don't know. You need an advantage of some sort. Maybe we turn the advantage into like match play on the golf course or something. Yeah, well, when we like record a video or something, we'll take like the get that extra stroke or. Or you just play from like the reds. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. That'd be a fair. I think me playing from the Reds and you playing from like the tips would be a fair match between you and I. I did shoot forty yesterday. I I, I shot forty six and I was happy about it. So I shot jumped. forty with two doubles, a bird and a birdie. Hey, when something I shot, oh, I shot my scorecard on me. I had a lot of I had like three doubles, four doubles, a lot of bogeys. Like three pars, and I was like, "Yeah, not bad for after work." It was, it was cold yeah. out today. Went out after work, a little tired. So I'm not, I'm not upset about it. I can probably do better, but you know, we're getting there. Okay. 
So yesterday I shot 40. I went one, two, and three. Missed all three greens up and down for par. Mm-hmm. Kind of impressive, especially on uh, three white in Kingsville. Mm-hmm. I was below the hole in the rough. If if anyone knows Kingsville, that green is a monster. Uh, they should just blow it up and redo it. Because of the slope on it, it's just crazy. It, like, mm-hmm. it's probably like at like 5% slope grade or something. It's ridiculous. Um, Pretty heavy. Yeah. And then my tee shot on four, I put it in the hazard off the tee. Mm-hmm. So dropped with two club lengths from the hazard, hit my third kind of short. I didn't really have a good angle at the green because it was over and trees were in my way. So I was kind of like, I was at like 60 yards, went pin hunting, and then I just like pushed my putt a little bit left to save the bogey, made double. Par five, fifth, I made par. The sixth on the par five, I made a double, hit a terrible tee shot, hit a terrible second shot, hit a all right third punch shot, hit a terrible wedge. Had a terrible trip and then two putted. Mm. So a lot of terrible shots on that hole. Yeah, a lot of terrible. And then I proceeded on seven to hit the other fairway off the tee, stick it to eight feet and make birdie. So that's pretty good. Sometimes terrible tee shots work out okay. A little bit of Kepka first hole twenty twenty three Masters action there. A little bit, yeah. Except he didn't make birdie. Yeah. And then. I bogeyed eight. I was in a bad position off the tee again. And then made a up and down par on nine for my 40. Hey, you know what? 40 is pretty solid. Especially for this time of year. I'll yeah. get everything figured out. So I had the luckiest nine I've ever, like, so first tee shot, it's cold. I'm cold. I'm not warmed up. My body's sore. Pulled the hell out of it, and it was just going way into the woods, and I was like, well, that ball's gone. So I had already got one ready to, to drop, and then I pulled up, and we're driving up the uh, left side of the fairway just in case it was like, it had bounced back. I was like, there's no way. It was going miles in, and it was sitting right on the edge right before it dropped off into the, the creek. And I was like, it must have hit a tree and bounced there because there's no way that it was nowhere near my line. So that was lucky break number one. Lucky break number two, I was uh, – there was an uphill fairway, hit my tee shot. Well, the fairway went downhill and then scooped back up. Tee shot landed like a yard before it flattened out after coming back up. So I ended up pulling the hell out of that one again. And there was a bunch of water over where it was going. I was like, well, that ball's got to be wet. So I was getting ready to – I had already dropped another one. And then my the playing partner, he was walking up to the green. He looks over and he, he goes, there's a ball on the on the edge of the creek there. Is that yours? And I was like, oh, it might be. So I run up and it was literally maybe a foot from the water. I was like, well, that's my ball. And so I, hit, I got up and down from there for par. And I was like, this is the luckiest I've ever been in my life. Two lucky breaks that close back to back. Yeah. Pretty happy. In golf, sometimes it's not about being good. It's about being lucky. Sometimes yeah, whoever wins the, a golf tournament is the luckiest. 
it turned a like a bad round, like a bad bad score into an okay score, and I was like, "Well, that's uh, I'll take that any day." Yeah. Um. So back to our point about the extra five shots for the win. That puts me at fourteen under par now. Mm-hmm. It's a thirty-nine under par. It's not bad. That's uh. It'll, I'm sure it'll get tighter. I'll have I'll have some bad picks. Yeah. Uh, As of right now, is it's whoever I pick just doesn't show up to the tournament. Yeah, but we guess not. Your guy, uh, your guy actually did not <laughs> did not show up yesterday. Uh, he had a because. tough round one. He played at level par for round two. Mm. Four. So he shot. He was four over, right? Yeah, four over for the tournament. Four over day one, level on day two. Hmm. So he wasn't. He didn't show up. Um, another player who didn't show up that week was um, Wesley Bryan. Yeah. So him, Colin, Morikawa, and Rum all played, what was it, plus one on Monday? Or not Monday, on Thursday? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they, they, he didn't show up. Really, Rom didn't show up until day two. Um, it was day two is when Fitzy took took the lead, correct? Yeah, that's when he started really buckling down. Yeah, because I was I was going away on the weekend, so I was just kind of checking the leaderboard as I came off the ice all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then whatever I could watch while I was just chilling in the hotel room. So, more about the PGA, or the RBC, the PGA, the RBC Heritage. Um, like we said before, the playoff drama was... Nuts. Uh, I have actually in my notes, Jordan Spieth can't make putts. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, what? He had a putt <laughs> like, to win, didn't he? He had, so he, he made the important putt to get into the playoff, which is good. Obviously, you, you want to make those. And then uh, first playoff hole, they played 18. He had uh, a putt for birdie to win. And it looked like it was in the hole the whole way. And Jordan Spieth definitely also thought the same thing because he did the whole early putter race thing, which is super ballsy. And it lipped out. like It was in, 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 not. It was just, it was in until it wasn't. And he... The putter throw, the hat throw, like he thought that ball was in. So then they go and play 17 because they both uh, tied with the par. Fitz misses his putt uh, wide. Speed's got another putt to take it, and he nuzzles it right, right up there. Doesn't drop. They both tie for par. And then obviously we know what happened on the last playoff hole, but it's just he could he can make the putts when they matter. Until he just he just physically can't. Yeah, like he's one of the best putters in the world, but like watching the highlights and stuff of the playoff hole, he was chasing Fitzy, and then mm-hmm. it just kind of felt like he was tired of chasing, 
and he was mm. just, he was trying to win. And I know it's hard enough on us um, moral folk to try to push and make and try to win that even on the very immoral fo- folk like the guys on the PGA tour, it's still very hard for them to be like, let's win. So the lip out was probably mm-hmm. just a little bit too much pace. He was trying to will it in there. The one that he nestled mm-hmm. up close, he was like, okay, I gotta take some pace off. And then I uh, just started it a little bit offline. Yeah, like just... putting he's like one of the best parties in the world, but putting is such a like numbers or like, numbers games where it could be a millimeter offline or a millimeter too hard and it won't fall. Yeah. Like a blade of grass could have been out of place and that's why that first putt didn't go. Yeah. It was just that close. Yeah. And um, another tournament has gone by where the winner of the tournament has been 100% from inside eight feet. Really? Yeah. That's such a crazy statistic. Yeah. Like Like I believe... Um, one of the weeks Rom won. He was perfect inside of eight feet, and mm-hmm. last week Fitzy was. Who was the? Was it Sam Burns? That was he didn't miss. He was like sixty-two for who was it? Yeah, it was another guy that won. He was he was also like a hundred percent within seven or eight feet. Yeah, it was. It's crazy, and it's nuts because if you're. If he misses one of those putts, he's still 99% or whatever percentage it works out to, 90-something percent inside of eight feet, which is an insane stat. He misses one of those putts, he doesn't win the tournament. Like, isn't that, like, it's just nuts. Yeah. He misses one of those putts in regulation, he's uh, he's just one stroke back from Spieth, and Spieth wins, wins it again. Okay, so according to this, um, the PGA Tour average for putts, um, it gives me 10 feet. So putts from 10 feet and in, PGA Tour average is um, 40%. So you add two feet to it, and the average person on tour is so you're going to probably look around 40, maybe 50%, 45% for inside eight mm-hmm. feet. And inside eight feet for, like, Fitzy this week was 100%. Granted, just... the, the numbers that are saying here is from 10 feet, not inside 10 feet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you have, like, two footers are, like, 99%. Uh, three footers, ninety six. Four footers or eighty eight. Uh, Seventy seven for five footers, stuff like that. But even like on the cusp of it, he was still perfect at eight feet. That's just it's, that's an unreal, unreal statistic. I, it really I, shows you like drive for show, putt for doze. Like, it's not just a saying old people use to make themselves feel better about not being able to hit the ball past 200 yards. Like, it, it really does matter. Yeah, and, but, like, look at uh, Fitzy. He's not a, like, not a big guy, but his, like, whole thing is on speed and getting faster and hitting the ball further. 
So mm-hmm. like he's chasing distance. Um, so like I pretty confident he out drove uh, Jordan on the last on the two eighteen playoff holes. Like when he was in the full swing documentary, um, people was seeing seeing him swing his club um as like a speed trainer i don't know exactly what it's called um i don't know which one it is but the general public researched more for speed training stuff because of that documentary Mm. so there is something to what he's doing there's something to like that like I use the super speed stuff. There's something to the super speed stuff that's working for me. Um, like the speed is a definite advantage that he's gaining, and we saw it on 18. Mhm. Oh, for sure. And like his speed isn't like the Bryson speed where he's like turning into a robot and his body breaking down. It's like speed that is around his actual golf swing and he can handle that speed it's fluid it doesn't look awkward it doesn't look like mechanical it's just it's a fluid swing like if you think about rory rory swings it hard but he's never off balance it's very fluid it like his body can handle that um Mm -hmm. i was listening to a podcast talking about like this that exact same topic from the guys at tpi you you will never see Rory swing out of his shoes and fall over, but he, he will swing as hard as he can and stay in balance. So that's crazy. I I ate shit like I swung as hard as I could once, and I well, not once. I swung as hard as I could today. I took a whole roll of sod out of the tee box, and then I almost rolled my ankle. <laughs> yeah, like there's. There's a definite skill, and, like, one thing I noticed, swinging hard, for me, has nothing to do with what my hands are doing, or what my arms are doing, it's all in my just throwing my phone around. Oh, did it crack? No, it's just fucking directed. So, um, when I'm building speed, or I'm going to, like, make sure, or try to hit one out there i make sure that my push in my downswing the vertical force comes because i have very good rotational force and lateral force my problem is vertical force go like i tend to slide so if i'm sliding i'm getting like weak kind of pulley draws Whereas if I'm hitting it good and I'm using the vertical force, I'm hitting like powerful, like high piercing draws. So like when I'm focusing on speed, it's about like almost me jumping out of my shoes, not Mm. like swinging out of my shoes type thing, because Mm. I'm trying to get Mm -hmm. that vertical force in there. Yeah. But that is me. And that's with some, like my own personal issue with, my golf swing that I'm working on. Um, my YouTube video thumbnail on Saturday has a perfect picture of ev- the example of what I'm trying to achieve, which is awesome. Um, to know that I'm actually doing it in practice, like, or not in practice, in like 
in a round and stuff like that where I'm not practicing and having something by my foot or cameras on me all the time. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see it actually happening. Yeah, for sure. Like that's the best thing is when you can take something that you've been practicing on for so so long and finally get it out onto the course and it actually happens. Like that's one of the one of the I think one of the best feelings in golf, other than like just hitting a good shot, is when you do something that you just you meant to do. Like I like you were, I intended on doing this shot. This is the shot I had in my head, and it just happened. What you're telling me, not every single time you step up to the ball, you, like, intend to hit the shot a certain way. Oh, no, I intend to hit a shot a certain way every time I step up to the ball. If it happens or not is the, the real question. Well, I can tell you, I would say about, let, let me go with, like, 80, let's go 89% of the time this shot goes the way I want it to. I'd say it's about, I have the inverse percentage of that. 11% of the time, the shot goes where I want it to. The reason why... 89%, it just goes somewhere I can salvage it. (laughs) Yeah. The reason why I say 89 is because if I said 90, that was a little bit of a stretch, but it's not like 85. Um, I generally, no matter what, I know what my dispersion rates are and what like how I swing the golf club. So it's a little bit easier for me because I have all these numbers from TrackMan and stuff like that. It's a little bit easier for me to know what I'm doing and what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. So when I say I'm going to start the ball off of this tree and it's going to draw back towards the flag, I know I'm going to start it around this tree and it's going to draw back to the flag because I know majority of the time with my irons, I am not hitting a push. And I'm not hitting a fade. So it's either going to be straight at on my target line or it's going to be a little bit of a draw. So even like I just that's what I know what's going to happen. Obviously, there's going to be times where ball striking would be pure, or poor and I'll end up having like a, a fat or a thin or something like that. So that's why I went with like the 11 percent. Fair enough. Most of the time, when I hit a shot, it kind of goes in the direction that I wanted to, wanted it to, and then I can just get it up on the green from where it is. But ninety percent of the time, I step up to the ball. I have a plan, but it doesn't always happen, and I'm working on changing that. Chelsea is gone. Okay, we're gone. Come back. Okay, we're back. We're back. I'm back. <laughs> Let's go. Okay, so so the Zurich. Um, I was trying to do some research on it, and I just got some players to look at. Colin Morikawa with playing with Max Homa. We got a team of Canadians, Nick Taylor and Adam Hadwin, mm. and then Wesley Bryan is in the field, as I said. Oh, um, nice. I know Fitzy's playing with his little brother. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, did you see his interview on like today talking about the relationship? So no, I haven't seen it. Fitzy said that he's the complete opposite of him because he's not organized. He's mess and all all this all this stuff. That's um, funny. Like how we talk or we mentioned in the first podcast when I said that Fitzy deserved another major. Um, about how how he has kept uh, 
a book with every single shot he's hit since he was like 16. So that's like just his craziness of being so um, organized. Yeah. Whereas I don't think his brother does that. I don't even no, I... think I have knowledge of what my last three swings were yesterday. I definitely know what mine were because they were like a couple hours ago, but yeah, I know um, I hit. Yeah, I gotta. What do you say? I hit a block to the left with a nine iron, I believe, on nine white. I clipped the tree and landed short, but past the water on white. Made up and down, hit a little like cheeky little flop. And made the six footer for or the six footer for par. I pulled my drive into the left rough. Um, hit a little like draw power a power draw I'd say into the uh, green like like the. Into the Left side of the green, chipped it on about twenty feet past, and three putted for for a bogey. That's that's what I uh, that was those were my that was my last one. That's but that's about as far back as I can go. Usually, like after right after the round, if it, I can I could tell you any shot that I hit like at any any point, but so to have it written down for the past sixteen years, how old is Matt? Is he? He's like 24, 25. But to have it written down since you were 16, like that's, that's A, commitment, and B, a little bit of the psycho, psycho behavior. He is 28. Oh, my God. Oh, he's 28? He's, he looks like a baby. I say he looks 12. I look older than him. So he's 28. And then you got Scotty Scheffler, who was like the youngest old man ever. Yeah. Oh my God. Scotty Scheffler looks like the. the <laughs> Scotty Scheffler looks like he's retired. Scotty Scheffler like age. looks mid like forties, midlife crisis type, and he's only twenty six. Yeah, he's. He's only twenty six. Yeah. He. Uh, Scotty Scheffler looks like he's been working in a factory for past 25 years and he's about ready to put it in his retirement yeah and he just goes out and wins golf tournaments on the weekend i guess and then we got fitzy over here who's what he's had 28 28 looks like he just hit puberty yeah that's so nuts that matt fitzpatrick is two years older than scotty Scheffler. that's so weird the the weird part about it is looking at him and thinking he's almost 30 yeah. Do you think as Scotty Scheffler gets older, he's going to look older? Is, or has he just like hit a point where he's just going to look like this until he's about 55? He's going to look like that until he's about 55 and playing on the senior tour. And then yeah. he's going to start putting on a little bit more weight. And then, he's gonna then one look... day he's going to come out with gray hair. And like, oh, my God. What? He, he's going to put on a little bit of weight. And then he's going to look like a Jack Nicholas does right now. A little, little like hunchback fat guy at the end. My like, my grandma always calls him Jay Leno. She can she never remember his name, but she says he looks like Jay Leno. <laughs> he kind of does. But yeah, I, I honestly think if Scotty Scheffler had came out 
this weekend, like next weekend he plays and had gray hair, I wouldn't even bat an eye. I'd be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I, I'd be like, oh, that, that checks out. He's he's forty five, right? Um, I also I had in my notes here. I want to talk about uh, two things that kind of mixed together. Uh, one was Cantley's shot from um, was it the sixteenth that he was in like eight, was the fourteenth where he was like wedged in the wood that was off the side of the par three. I did not see that. So I'm gonna I'm just trying to find out. He was wedged, so he missed the green left, um, and chipped on. But his chip rolled through the green and was gonna roll into the water. But you know, like oh, I I saw I saw yeah. where it finished. I didn't see where he shot from afterwards. What I I, I just looked up Cantley's shot from the wood, and it just came up with. Uh, can't Patrick Cantley place a berth Long Beach? I didn't need yeah, that's not even close to what I was asking. Yeah, it would. I'm gonna put the video yes. in, like, I'm gonna put it in this part, so it's gonna cut here and it's gonna show the video. But yeah, so it like rolled, it was the 13th, 14th, 197 yard part three, pulled his T shot. Misjudges chip shot and his ball careened towards the water, as this article says, and it um, just ended up on one of the like the wooden posts that kind of like hold everything together. And at the same time, John Rom was on was in the booth, like on the mic talking and like commentating on what was going on, and he did a phenomenal job covering that like intense moment given a he's given like an athlete's perspective what he would do what he like what he wouldn't do how he thought about it and he was just so natural on the mic i was like this guy is definitely has a job lined up for when he he wants to retire and then cantley then went on and, and pulled off the shot beautifully it was just a it was a nuts moment of golf for a diehard like a nuts golf fan. It was crazy. I'm trying to see the shot. Mm -hmm. The shot from there. Share it to you. I, I have it. I just had to skip part of the video. And, oh my god, that's that from there, that's amazing. I know, it, it, and this whole time it was being narrated by John Rom, and it was like, this is beautiful. His ball, I'm watching it again right now, his ball was in an inch from um, going, just being done. But, yeah, and it, so the whole family, like me, my grandma, my sister, my mom, my dad, we were all sitting on the TV watching, and everybody else was like no no there's no way he, he plays that that's a dumb play if he plays that blah blah blah, all this stuff and i kept, kept saying no he's he, you have to play that like you you it's it's a no-brainer to play that shot you most of the ball is above the like it's sitting up you can get 
your wedge underneath the equator of the ball. So it's going to pop up. And if you just hit it with a little bit enough, like exactly like he did, it's going to pop up and forwards. But he played it perfect. And I, I, I think taking a drop would have been 100% the wrong move. Especially because he did make up and down there. Yeah. Like, he made up and down for bogey, but, like, he still made it there. That and if he didn't me... make up and down for bogey, he still would have had a very similar result if he took the took a drop. If he took the drop, he would have been putting for double. Yeah, so if he doesn't make up and down for bogey, he's still... Um, yeah, it, I don't know. He... That was definitely the right play, and it was also just fantastic to watch with John Rahm on the mic and him doing a great job and kind of talking talking through everybody. Yeah, that was fun. That was a good. Uh, that was definitely one of the moments you'll all remember for the next little bit. Here, I'm going to um, send you something. Um, this is what the Patrick Cantlay shot reminds me of. Um, okay. so I was at my buddy's house and we were watching the, um, like the PGA of America, uh, like just like the teaching professionals and like the head professional, like mm-hmm. tournament. And there's a guy, the ball came to rest on the rocks and he hit a flop shot off the rocks onto the green. Oh my God. I, I think I sent it to you just right now. Um, Hasn't come through yet. Here, I'll... What a shot. That is spectacular. Did you get it now? Uh, no. What did you send it on? Uh, Instagram. Yeah, I've gotten it. So, I will also put this shot in there. It's like... It just reminded me of that play because they were both sitting over it for a while. I also ha- I have a video of my buddy's mom yelling at the guy just to hit the shot, just to hit the shot as well. It's kind of hilarious. That's nuts. That is an unreal shot. Yeah. And that that's just your normal club pro. So, like, he's not... Um, he's not... Wow. He's not practicing that much. No, you. I don't think any, anybody's practicing that. Who's practicing a, a flop shot off the stones? You never know when you're going to need it. Oh, Jesus, yeah, that's that's very impressive. I um, I practice my back. right hand upside down wedge chips because I needed it at Cherry Hill last year, and my now I know how to do it. So if I need it, I got it. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> Better be looking uh, for at it and for it, right? Exactly. Um, okay, back to this, Eric. We got a little sidetrack. Cantley Shoffley won last year. They won by two, posting a 59-68 set, uh, 60 and 72, which are pretty good scores. I think they were like 29 under, if I remember correctly. Absolute um, birdie fest. Nuts stuff from them. The purse is kind of, like, shitty. It's only the this year, the winners, they get $1.242 million compared to last last weekend's $3 million. 
the last weekend was a designated event. Oh, um, but yeah, they, how do they you were how do you feel about the plaid jacket being worth more than the green jacket? Really? Yeah, because they the um, purse like Fitzpatrick won more money than Rom did. I feel like, but I I feel like you get a lot more outside of like the green jacket. You might get paid physically paid less, but you also get a lot more. Like you're gonna get more brand deals first of all, so that's more money anyways. You're gonna get more sponsorships. You're gonna get uh, you get to play the Masters for the rest of your life, and you get uh, like you get you get a lot of a lot more stuff than just getting to wear a plaid jacket and hit a tee shot next to a cannon. So, yeah, but now that it's a designated event, doesn't it give like exemptions into like the FedEx Cup playoffs and yes. the players next year and stuff like that? I think so. I'm just going to see if I can find more information on that. Because, like, for example, if, like, I don't, I don't, like, I I understand the designated events. It's like a higher price pool and stuff like that. But, like, what's, like, what's different between that like what's the benefit of winning a designated event over a non-designated event probably more world ranking points because the fields are stronger yeah you do get more world ranking points um you get more world ranking points you get i don't i'm trying to find all like the extras You get uh, 500 FedEx Cup points, 70 OWGR points, along with two-year PGA Tour exemption. So you get in, you get, and then entry into next year's Century Tournament of Champions. Okay, so you get basically your tour card for sure for the next two years. So if mm-hmm. you decide to not show up next year, you're okay. Um, mm-hmm. But okay, so it's not as much as I thought it was. No. Um, while we're talking about designated events, um, Rory McIlroy was fined $3 million from his PIP because he missed the designated event. My question mm-hmm. to you for this is, is that a fair punishment? Is that a weak punishment? Or should it have been something different? I think it's a fair punishment for like two reasons mainly it's because that was what was set out like that was what was said the rule was at the beginning of the year when these designated events were introduced and two it i mean three million dollars is nothing to Rory McIlroy but uh it kind of it's kind of like I don't know if I don't know the right right word this it kind of hurts Roy McIlroy's like image i don't know if image is the right word but he was the face he was pushing for all these designated events he was pushing for more he was he was on guys about complaining about having to play all these events and then he's the first one to have to with 
draw more than the allotted amount. So it's not the greatest look for him. So I, I agree. He, like, I, I'm happy with the way he was punished. And I think that I was, I'm not happy that he was, but I'm happy that it wasn't, he didn't get exempt because of who he is or anything like the, the rules are still the rules and it'll be more of an incentive for other guys the remainder of the year to be like, Oh, I don't want to lose out on this money. I'm going to play more events. Cause if, if I feel like if the punishment was a bit less or if they didn't punish him as much guys would have just been like, Oh, screw it. Like I'm not, if I don't have to play these events, the punishment isn't that bad. I'm not going to play him. Yeah. I, I'm still unsure how I feel about the punishment because two things one it's only from his pip money and it was it's about 25 percent of his pip money which was 12 million dollars um but i still haven't seen anything about why he did it if it was injury related if it was just that he wasn't playing well stuff like that because if he's injured why are we punishing him three million dollars when he Probably should. Be. I feel like if he was injured, I, I feel like he wouldn't be being punished, and that's probably also why we haven't heard anything. I, th- I think it's probably just he's hasn't been playing well, and he needs he's t- going to take a break for a couple weeks and get 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 himself right. Yeah, that is that is definitely true. Like he could, it, it, I like I don't know. You don't really know. Like he could, he. It could be something, a family issue, something like that, too. That, mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of things it could be, uh, but I feel like if it was an injury, we would a know about it and b they wouldn't. What are they? They're not going to punish him for an, have, being injured. No, but like, say I don't know, family member passes away or family members in the hospital, like stuff like that happens. They're a human being, so like if something like that happened, he may not want to talk to people about. Yeah, I also feel like they wouldn't punish him for that because that would be just an all-time dick move. Yeah, and I, I have a feeling they did talk to Rory before issuing this, like the um, the fine to mm-hmm. get out the right reason. So because of that, I think the $3 million is fair because they probably did talk to him and he was probably like, dude, I need a break. I need to be away from golf. And that's what happened. Um, mm. but it's just, it, I, I just find it crazy how it, they decided to take from the pip money when I guess the designated events are for like, have the pip, mu- pip money involved. But I would say maybe it comes down to tour points would be a more like sizable um and more punishable factor because when we talk about the fedex cup playoffs and the tour championship um everyone starts kind of at a staggered it's a staggered start so you take away i don't know 100 200 fedex cup points now rory goes from being X to Z and now he needs to fight to make sure he's even in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Yeah, I I, I also I like that. And I like that, that I that um, 
and that would put more of an emphasis on being at these tournaments and winning those 500 points because mm-hmm. if you can take two two weeks off and recover and from being burnt out on being on the road and you can come back and win 500 points and all you paid was $3 million, well, you just made it back by winning. Whereas yeah. if you lose out lose out on points, then you have to win mul- more or play better for the rest of the season to make sure you're still in the hunt for the FedEx Cup. Yeah, I like that. I like that. That's actually a really good... Uh, that's a really good idea. Yeah. Um. So... Last thing on the Golf Now side is the Chevron Championship. So it's the um, first women's major of the year at a total of five. Mm-hmm. Um, it was previously known as the ANA Inspirational Challenge. Um, it's at a new golf course this year. They moved from, I believe, Southern California now into Texas. They're at um, uh, Carlton Woods in Houston. Yes. Um, so I don't think there's going to be a poppy pond jump this year because of it. No. I remember I actually watched uh, – you just saying that. I, I, wa- I remember watching the last poppy pond jump last year at this tournament. Yeah. I vividly remember that. And then they kept talking about how it was the last one. Yeah. So maybe they'll figure something else out to do like a new thing. I I don't yeah. know. Have you seen? I know you're a Titleist guy, but have you seen TaylorMade staff bags for this major? Oh yeah, those are sick. Oh my god! Did you the see the spider head bag? covers with the like the spaceship and stuff? Yes. Oh, and the driver head cover. Oh, there's the... so the the TaylorMade stuff for this tournament is so much but more better than Callaway's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Callaway's is, like, and all flowery and girly. TaylorMade's like, we're not going girly. We're going for the, like, Houston no. vibe. Yeah, Houston, we have a liftoff, and they fucking took off of these bags. I gotta find... I I wanna know how much that bag is to buy, because... Oh, it's, it's gotta be, like, five, six hundred bucks. Easy, 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 five hundred, six hundred bucks, but... It's the coolest bag I've ever seen. And I'm going to call out Callaway here um, for a second and tell them that their tournament bags for the LPGA majors should not be just girly or look girly. They should be like kind of like the men's, treat them like the men, where a lot of the places, a lot of the like companies will design bags for tournaments based on the location where they're at. So tailor made with the Houston, um, NASA and all that stuff. So sick. It is the coolest bag I've ever seen. Uh, gear. I'm trying, I'm trying to find it. It wasn't on their website. I don't know if they made it available yet. Uh, probably not available yet because of um usually there's like this subscription app you can go for through the tailor-made vault and you get first access to it so like the what what is 
the grapefruits that they had for before, like at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Yeah, that's finally on here now. And then there's like a coffee and clubs for tailor made stuff. That is that coffee and clubs that I might, I might like legitimately buy that head cover because it's very cool. My favorite is like their Canada stuff. Like they're very Canadian patriotic with tailor made. Like the tailor made spider with the Canada, the Canada one is sick. Like if I was mm-hmm. a tailor made guy, that would be the one I was rocking. I, I would, but I don't have a tailor made putter. Oh uh, yeah, I'm uh, a Scotty. I'm a Scotty Cameron fanboy. I rock the uh, Odyssey, but I'm 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 gonna get a new putter because it's just not. I, I just I, it's just not working. <laughs> that thing is just not working for me right now. So, I recommend go get fit. Find out mm. what type of stroke you have. If it's more of a arc or straight back, straight through, find the right length, and then go from there. So find out what. I was type... in uh, Golf Town. I know this doesn't like has nothing to do with actually being fit, but I was in Golf Town, and um, I was just trying out all all different kinds, and I was really liking the center shafted putters. Were you trying one of the Seymour putters? I think it was a Seymour putter. It's got like two white dots and a red dot. Yeah. And it's a center shafted putter. So when you address the ball, you don't want it. And through your stroke, you don't want to see the red on the putter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was uh, like, I don't know. I just felt very comfortable over the ball. So uh, this is another side point. The Masters staff bag was is $800. Yeah, so it'll probably be about that for the. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't know. It was just uh, the center shaft of putters. It, it felt really good. I like the straight back and forth, and uh, I don't know. I just my my putter. I I have a really hard time controlling it. If that makes sense. Like I, my takeaway is like it's all squiggly and shit. And then when I get to a, the center shaft of putter, it's just everything felt smooth. By the way, on most of those Seymour putters in um, Golf Town, if the top of the grip says G Pro, that's a Garson grip. Mm. So nice. I believe they are Garson Ultimates. Um, and then on the top, it has if it has, says G Pro on the Seymour putters, those are the like Garson putter grips in like that Seymour has. So. Um, they have custom grips for Callaway. Um, I believe TaylorMade now, or working on it with TaylorMade. Uh, Pirelli, Seymour, and TXG now has their own Garson grip as well. So it could be the grip have that you seen... makes it a be- makes you a better putter too. Have you seen these? Um, these, the new set, this is like what kind of got me on the, uh, topic of center shafted putters and they got me interested in it. Have you seen this, these new sh- center shafted putters? I can't remember the name of them, but they look absurd. And like, a lot of, uh, YouTube guys have them. They're massive. Is it the lab ones? Yes. Lab putters. Yeah. Those are like a thousand dollars. Yeah. They're crazy. And they look. Like, I know golf isn't about looks. If it works, it works. But they look stupid, in my opinion. 
they have a like a blade that's a center shafted like that. Um, then they have a smaller one, and then they have the original. Yeah, the original. I mean, if they want to send me one, and I can try it for me to try it out, and I, I can maybe change my uh, <laughs> change my tune, I'll, I'll gladly try it out. But in my opinion, like a putter cover, look in that bag, just looks huge. Yeah, it just looks I, like you just get in the way of everything. I have tried one. Um, personally, I didn't like it. I because the shaft is not really center shaft. It's like center of the club head shaft mm -hmm. and then the face is out further and then the grip goes in like the grip is here okay and the shaft comes in this side of the grip so it has forward press on it yeah in the it, yeah it i don't know it just all looked very strange and a lot of the, like like i uh eric anders lang from random golf club he's a guy like one of the big youtube golf media people that i i love to watch and he started using it and he's been making a lot of putts with it oh, don't get me wrong but it just looks like it's uncomfortable yeah bust jack they they also both have one too yeah um and i think isn't it uh jack uh he only uses he only uses it like half the time because he still he still i still see him with a blade every once in a while in the videos so uh, Jack has the blade version from Lab. Oh, that makes sense. And then Busta has the like the giant one. See, yeah, but that that fits him because he's a fucking huge person. So what? He's just what like, not saying, saying he's the bigger the guy. I'm not saying he's fat. I'm not saying he's fat. I'm just saying he's a huge. Like it's a big guy. But no, what like bigger the man, the bigger the mallet. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, maybe that's why I only have a Scotty Cameron Future X5. <laughs> um, so we were just talking about like equipment because of the um, Chevron Championship. I just want to mention past champions, Lydia Ko in 2016, uh, Lexi Thompson in 2014, uh, Annika Swornston, 050201 the greatest women's golfer of all time if yeah. you look at pure tournament wins and major wins she's a better golfer than tiger woods i say you can even remove the greatest women's golfer of all time she might just be one of the greatest golfers of all well, time she she is the greatest female golfer of all time and she's one of the greatest golfers of all time yeah unreal the like if we look at pure numbers and tournaments and wins and professional wins and mm -hmm. major wins Annika blows everyone out of the water mm -hmm. but the fields back when Annika played versus now are a lot very different a lot tougher now than it was before whereas mm -hmm. when tiger played yes it's tougher now but it was tougher than when like compared to like Annika also two different like a very different game back then yes and it was also a very different game for the women back then too like the mm -hmm. women were very they were more point and shoot and still not trying to kill the ball tiger was the first wave of trying to kill the ball type thing yeah yeah um so i think we reached everything through the golf now so we're doing 
Zurich picks, or do we want to do like one pick one Zurich team and then two from the LPGA major? Because, oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Because like there's not that there's like even though there's teams, there's like not too many teams that like I would personally pick, and you've already mentioned one of the ones that I was gonna pick anyways. Oh, okay. So like we will be running out of teams to pick. We so, will be. I was gonna I was I had a system for the Zurich teams that we could pick, like so right now I've got their odds pulled up on the PGA website. And I was thinking we, we pick two teams under a thousand odds. Not we each pick a team under a thousand uh, under plus a thousand, two teams under uh, plus two thousand, and then two teams over plus two thousand. Oh no, two teams sorry. Scratch that. <laughs> we each pick a team under a thousand, we each pick a team under two thousand, and we each pick a team under four thousand. And then we can go that way. But if you want to do that, I'm also down for the LPGA one because that's that'd be a cool, cool uh, format. Yeah. Why don't we pick one team from the Zurich and then the two from two players from the LPGA? And okay. you can we'll, cut out that mess of me trying to explain the whole odds thing because it made no sense as I was saying it. <laughs> I I got what you're trying to get. That is also that that would be a cool thing to do. But again, like with the the strength of field like yeah it wouldn't the, be that interesting it would would be like it would be interesting because we'd be following different people but it'd also be very frustrating to try to follow some of the groups when like especially me because I'm gonna probably watch more of the um the Chevron than the yeah. Zurich just because again I I like I'm just gonna watch it to see those TaylorMade bags. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna watch it because my girl Nelly Corda and oh, Brooke Henderson. Who you all right, all right, all right. And Lydia Ko. She, uh, yeah, she's got a she's up for a Hall of Fame berth. Actually, I have that written down. I was doing a little bit of research. Depending on how well she does, she could uh, get inducted into the LPGA Hall of Fame. Lydia Ko is she still n- number one in the world? Um, I believe so. She is. Three wins. This week. She needs a a win to lock up the last points to get into the LPGA Hall of Fame. Lydia Ko, number number one. one. Jessica Corda, or Nelly Corda, two... Um, Lexi Thompson six, Brooke Henderson seven. So Brooke Henderson slid from. Brooke Henderson was at three at the beginning of the year. So she slid. Okay. Mm. So, since you got the hole in one and you're winning, you have honors. So do you want to pick your Zurich team or are you going to pick an LPGA player? I'm going to pick my Zurich team okay. first, just because this is I have the most informed. Uh, opinion on the Zurich team. I'm going to pick the obvious uh, Max Homa and Colin Morikawa. Max, Max Homa and Colin Morikawa. Yeah, I knew and, I knew you were going to go for them. Yeah. We were both going to go for them. Even though uh, Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantley are the by far the front runner. 
They're just not as exciting to watch. So yeah, I'm. That's my pick. Name two more just vanilla ice cream guys to play together. Like I, I couldn't. But yeah, Xander and uh, Cantley was my second option if I didn't get. Okay. Um, how how nuts would it have been if, if I picked John Daly and David Duvall? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't gonna pick him even if we we're gonna have three teams. But he was I was an gonna pick him just for the sake of picking him. He was an option because I am like fifteen strokes ahead, so I, I can afford to pick John Daly and David Duvall. But knowing how this is gone, I would pick them and then they would make the cut. Yeah. Um. All right. On to the. Chevron. LPGA. All right, so I'm going to go with... I actually need to see the field. I, mean, I don't know. Uh, uh, I need to make sure who I'm picking is actually playing. Because I recognize some of these names. I. It is. This is my own fault. I do not watch enough of the LPGA. As much as I, I love watching the LPGA because they... Um, they it's it's the closest thing I an average golfer like myself can get to watching like because they play from close close distances to what I play from. It's just like I can compare myself to them a bit more accurately than I can compare to the to the men, and it's and it just blows me away every time. I'm like I could never ever in my life hit yeah. any of these shots. They are very, very, like, I want to say neat. Um, mm-hmm. Like, not neat, like, cool. Neat as in, like, organized. Like, they have a plan. They stick to the plan. They know how to putt. They all can't, they're, I would say the best female putters in the world are better than the men's best putters in the world. Because yeah, they're draining sure. stuff from Timbuktu sometimes. But they're also hitting seven irons into, like, greens that normally have wedges coming into by the men. Yeah. So it's more... They have their strategy. They stick to their strategy. It doesn't matter what's going on. It's very, very good golf for people who need to watch like i won't say similar because they're really good and they would they could probably play from the tips and still beat me but Mm -hmm. like they it's similar in the sense of they're hitting longer irons into greens like majority of amateurs they're playing a little bit of a similar distance they hit the ball is similar distances to most amateurs stuff like that so if that's that's just another reason why I like watching the LPGA too. Is it's different between the PGA. Um, yeah. My favorite, one of my favorite events last year was when the ladies European Tour and the European Tour had the like they had a mixed field. So mm-hmm. the women's played from certain tees and the men's played from certain tees, and then a lady went out and won it by like seven strokes. Yeah. And the PGA Tour is doing this at the end of the season th- next year or this year? I, th- I think it was next year. I don't think it was. I heard about it this year, but it very well could be this year. I know they announced it at the beginning of this year, but I didn't know if it was for this year or next year. But 
again, that would be that would be really cool to see to see like Nelly Corder playing, playing next to like Cantley and Fitzpatrick, and then having yeah. Brooke Henderson in the same group of Rom, like those are gonna be cool. That's gonna be electric to watch. To watch. It is gonna be uh, November of twenty twenty three. So this year. I think that's what I'm reading in this article. I could be wrong, but yeah, it's it sounds like it's gonna be this year. Sweet. Okay. December fourth through tenth, twenty twenty three at uh, Tim Timber Timber something golf course golf club. Okay. The Ritz Carlton Naples. Sweet. All right. Um. So my second, no my my LPGA pick is gonna going to be. Nelly Corda. So I watched a video on YouTube about her, and she is an athlete. You stole my wife. Your wife? Yeah, Nelly Corda's my wife. Nelly Corda's your wife? I mean, you can have your wife if you want, but does she know about this? She doesn't know I exist. So if she knows about this, then... I feel like does she have a husband? I I think her and Anthony Siu broke up. Yes. I think her and Anthony. She's wide open. Make your move. I know. I I was scrolling on her Instagram the other day because I was like making I was like showing one of my buddies at the hockey tournament like girl golfers and seeing if he found them attractive or, or not and I noticed that he wasn't tagged in their Halloween photo and there was no other photos with him on there and I was like oh they broke up it's not a little stalkerish at all <laughs> well I wasn't stalking her I was just trying to get my buddy to decide whether or not what golf girls were okay. attractive or not but yeah Nelly Corda she's my pick she's uh She's a name that I recognize and a name that I feel very confident in taking because I've seen her name on the leaderboard a lot whenever I do watch the LPGA. I'm going to go with Canadian Brooke Henderson. Nice. Um, my other wife. <laughs> <laughs> She's uh, sixth in the LPGA rankings? Uh, seventh in the world rankings. The uh, okay. Rolex rankings. What am I looking at right now? What is this? I don't know. I don't. I'm looking at some kind of rankings that appear to be different from yours. But look up yeah. RolexRankings.com/slash/rankings. It's the Rolex World Rankings. There we go. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Seventh. Okay. One more pick. I'm gonna have to go with. I think. Yes, Lexi Thompson. Lexi Thompson. I read an article in my research when I was reading up on the Chevron Championship, just trying to get more knowledge about it. That she she's recently taken time off. And she's coming back this year. She's rested. It's another name that I recognize. Another name I feel confident in. She's going to be my girl. 
do I go for the Garson duo and go Lydia Ko? Or do I? It's not a bad. It's not an awful pick. Or do I go Jessica Corda? I would go if I was. But a Jessica man, which is I am. the worst out of the two sisters. I'm gonna go Lydia. <laughs> well, that's gonna make your Thanksgiving dinners real awkward now that you're dissing the sisters. Well, one's an Olympic gold medalist. One is not an Olympic gold medalist. Well, and one was not the number right. one women's player in the world, and one was. Very correct. All right. The Lydia stats Cole. don't lie. So I got right. Xander and Cantley. Mm-hmm. I got Max Homa and Colin Morikawa. I got Brooke Henderson and then Lydia Cole. And you got Nelly Corda and Lexi Thompson. And Lexi Thompson. Nice. Okay. Good picks. Good picks. Looking uh, forward to it. About an hour and 13 minutes in. So are we doing the, um, uh, what's it called? We can do a handful of uh, unpopular opinions. A handful of unpopular opinions. Okay. I'm going to start with like this those. one because this one kind of pissed me off when I read it. Um, so this is an unpopular opinion. It is Scotty Cameron's are nice, but more or less a cult that copied other putters that were more or less created by Ping and Betnerni. I have absolutely no opinion on this because I don't think I've ever even touched a Scotty Cameron in my life. So uh, I can't say I can't I can't speak on the quality of the putter so i have two scotty cameron's best putter in the world like i will die for my scotty cameron's like i want to have a scotty cameron collection blah 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 blah. i fit into this it's a cult type thing because once you have one you want another one you want another one you want to collect them they worth more money over time you got the circle tees that you can buy at the scotty cameron store stuff like that where like there's there's a very big market for Scotty Cameron's. So yes, it all I is... gotta say is if Tiger Woods has used that Scotty Cameron as long as he's used that Scotty Cameron, it must be good. Yeah, it's where he. So like I agree, it's kind of like a cult because like most like fandoms are kind of cult like. Like, you look at the Star Wars fandoms and stuff like that, it is, um, you have, like, the guys who do the cosplay and dress up in all the costumes and stuff like that. That's very cult-like. Then you have, like, I would say golf cult-like with the Scotty Cameron fanboys. And then being a Toronto Maple Leafs fan is a cult. And Yeah, a shitty cult to be in, but right, <laughs> especially right now. 7-3, uh, correct? Yeah, I was Can't. leaving the gym yesterday, and I like just kind of looked over, and I saw the TV, and it was like three zero. I was like, "Oh my god!" I didn't realize the game had started. I wasn't even that surprised that it was three nothing, but I was like, "I didn't realize the game had started that early." Like, I must be, must be about about to finish up. And then I noticed it still said first, first period. I have I Tampa just, in seven. 
I just shook my head and walked out of the gym. I was like, I can't, I can't do this right now. I I don't know how Leafs fans do, but anyways, um, but the part that I don't like about this is the fact that the putters were copied by Ping or Bettinardi. So if you look at putters when they release, you got the spider, the the original spider tour that had like the le- the legs that kind of came out and stuff like that. Those mm-hmm. are kind of being copied now by Callaway and all the other brands. Kind of, you got Cobra's got one very similar stuff like that. So it's you can only make a putter a certain way once. And there's so many different putters, and there's only so many different ways you can make a putter that obviously brands are going to have similar things, like the Newport and then the Answer, and then I would say like the Phantom and any of the Mallets type. But to say that they're just copied is like a joke because... I guarantee you the ping answer wasn't the first blade putter that looked like it. And the half moon wasn't the first half moon. There was other stuff like that. So saying that it's copying it is the a part of the opinion that I don't like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What unpopular opinion do you got there? I have. Let's see. I got a, I got a, I got a bunch. Give me your best one. I think the best one that I have is this person said, I don't, this isn't necessarily my opinion. This is just an opinion that was put up on uh, Reddit was what they don't, this person doesn't mind swing advice on the course. Oh God, no. As I say, how do you feel about swing advice on the course? Okay, so if it's something like, if it's something like um, Target, so like if I'm talking with, say, if I have a caddy or whatnot, and I'm talking over something, and I'm like saying this is the Target, and they'd be like, right, let's choose this Target. Okay, that's okay. Um, but I don't want to know what I'm doing in my backswing. I, it's the whole thing is in a golf tournament or in a golf round you showed up to the dance you got to dance with what you brought mm-hmm. okay um so whatever your swing is that day whether you're hitting fades whether you're hitting draws whether you're whatever you need to show up and you need to play that you can't be messing around with something mid-round like the times where i play my worst golf is like right after a lesson so like if I don't get to practice a few days from having that lesson, the my like so if I say if I had a lesson at like two o'clock and then I went and played at four, that I, I'm gonna play like terrible because I'm still <clears> thinking <throat> about the stuff in my lessons. I haven't really made it like kind of muscle memory yet. It's terrible in my opinion to get like lesson type swing help. Um, yeah. But that being said, like if I was playing with someone and they were asking questions, I wouldn't hesitate to talk to them about it and give them some ideas. Yeah, I I think it hit like for me because I was starting out like when I was newer golfer. It it there was a point in my game where when I was out on the course, I would love if anybody offered me 
a tip on how to fix something or do this differently or whatever. And then I hit a point like midway last season where I was like, I don't, I don't need, like, I, I got it. Like, I'm just going to work with the swing that I have right now. And it just it it started to be less beneficial, and then it turned into more of like a everything was in my head. I was thinking too much about my swing, and I think it just when you're new and starting out, I think tips are should be appreciated if as long as they're said in a nice way. You don't be a dick about if someone has a shitty swing, but once someone's someone's got comfortable with their game they don't you know you don't need to be telling them what uh what they're doing in the backswing or how their hips are turning on the on their downswing like you just just out there to play golf yeah and like they'll be a little bit different i would say when talking about like swing and giving pointers and stuff like if we went out and we were just sh- shooting the shit and playing some golf or whatnot and there was a there's a type of lie that you had and I I might like be like, have you hit a shot and be like, Hey, maybe next time or hit another one and do this differently. Yeah. But that's because we're, also, not, we're not going out. We're not playing like seriously. I'm practicing. You'd be practicing stuff like that. Yeah. But as soon as the, say the camera comes on or the, and it's time to time the game. Yeah. Or it, or you put a loony on on the line, like it's time to go. Like I'm not, I'm I'm not helping you. I'm being competitive, type thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. And also, most of the time, if I want the advice, like if like today I had a lot, there was a, it was balls above my feet, and I was just like, I stepped over it, and the guy I was golfing with, he's better golfer than me, and I just was like, hey, how would you hit this shot? Like if I want the advice, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask for it, and I'm not like I'm not ashamed to know to say that I don't know something about golf. But if um, if I'm just there's a guy constantly, usually it's the randoms too, just constantly telling me what I'm doing wrong and how to hit certain shots. Like that's just the worst. It ruins around so quick. Yeah, and, like, there's been times where I've been the random and been, like, helping somebody, and it would be mainly because they have talked to me about my own swing because they're trying to figure out what I'm doing, and then I say, hey, let me look at your swing so I can tell tell you what to do because you copying my swing is not going to work for you because my swing is my swing and you have your own swing type thing, like... Personally, you look at Tiger Woods' swing. Tiger Woods' swing is amazing for Tiger. If someone else tried to swing like Tiger, they wouldn't be able to do it. If we no. look at the best swing, like it right out of the book, you look at Nellie Carter. Her swing is the best out of the book. But not everyone can swing like that. Matt Wolf, another example. Bryson, another example. Rom with his like club let or club foot, like. Everyone has a different swing, so when people are sitting there watching me trying to mimic me, I don't want them to try to mimic me. I want them to improve them. So, like, if someone is watching me and asks me questions about my own swing to try to implement into their swing, I would rather them not take something from my swing and try to put it in their swing type thing. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I would rather look at it and be like, hey, this is like, this is something. Uh, <clears throat> so yeah. But well, I, uh, I I feel like we've got we've got more than enough for today. I think so. We're at an hour and twenty minutes. Yeah, that's perfect. So let let's wrap this bad boy up. Yeah, time for bed. So we got the Zurich, and we got the Chevron Championship. Uh, we have our picks set. Hopefully, I can catch you up from that. Yeah, I'm like, how far are you back? I 15? was 30 16? shots back until you gave me five, so I'm at like yeah. 25 shots back. Okay. So 25 shots back. Hopefully, I can gain some ground on you this week. Um, but we we won't know until the golf is done on Sunday. Don't know. We won't know until it's. Uh, can't say without knowing for sure. Exactly. Um, this weekend, I won't be watching much golf on Saturday. I'm going to Titleist and I'm going to the oh, headquarters. Nice. I'm going to go get fitted. Um, Sick. Uh, there's going to be a video coming out on my main channel as well on Saturday. It's a match play. And it's going to be a good weekend. So I hope you guys uh, liked the podcast today. Make sure you check out our Instagram. And TikTok, I finally post something on there today. Yes. Fitzy, you dog. Fitzy, you dog. Uh, I'm going to try to find some stuff to post every once in a while there. Um, if you want to stay up to date on some cool things happening in the PGA Tour through the rounds and stuff, I've been posting a lot of stuff on the stories. Uh, and then, obviously, if you want to check my personal channel out, you can. You don't have to. I would appreciate it. But whatever. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on this channel. Um, and come back here next Thursday to hear what we have to say about next week and see. See Ooh. how far back Dylan is again. <laughs> how far back I am I am I? Yeah. How many shots do I need to give you on eighteen holes? I was just say if this this would be nice to this would be the amount of shots that you give me when we play together until the circumstances change and you're ahead then I I'm just gonna lose by a million every time we play. <laughs> so, uh, you, you never know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see we'll how see. it ends up. Well, enjoy the golf this weekend. You as well. Maybe uh maybe see you Sunday. Yes, maybe we we might see each other on Sunday if we see each other each other Sunday might put a little vlog together just for the channel maybe I'd be down little special podcast vlog channel vlog little, little nugget 